Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. Our banking system is sound. Inflation played a key role in the recent bank failures. we got 100 million Americans on average using TikTok 90 minutes a day. Why doesn't the president care? He cares very deeply. Then where is his plan? He stands ready to work with Congress. That's a lie. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in and happy St. Patty's Day. I've got a little bit of green on today. Doing my part. Hunter Biden is nuts. His attorneys are nuts. His father is nuts. The nut family. Hunter Biden is now countersuing the Delaware-based computer repairman, a guy by the name of John Paul Mac Isaac. He's countersuing this guy, saying that Isaac violated Hunter Biden's privacy by access, accessing and disseminating data held on Biden's laptop. Biden's attorneys filed the suit in response to a lawsuit that Mac Isaac filed against Biden in late January. Mac Isaac sued Biden for defamation, claiming that the son of the U.S. president unfairly and illegally targeted Mac Isaac and damaged his reputation for years with repeated claims that a laptop Biden left at Mac Isaac's repair shop could have been stolen or hacked. Biden's 42-page suit filed on Friday described how the laptop became the center of a series of stories beginning in October of 2020 about Biden's life, overseas business deals, etc., etc., not to mention uh, using all kinds of illegal drugs and pictures of... uh, Hunter's Heine with uh, prostitutes, but but listen to what um, listen to what the lawsuit said. Quote: Hunter Biden had more than a reasonable expectation of privacy that any data that he created or maintained would not be accessed, copied, disseminated, or posted on the internet for others to use against him, or his family, or for the public to view. As a result of Mac Isaac's unlawful agreement and his conspiracy with others, Mr. Biden's personal data was made available to third parties and then ultimately to the public at large, which is highly offensive, causing harm to Mr. Biden and his reputation, the suit says, that according to the Washington Post. The object of invading Mr. Biden's privacy and disseminating his data was not for any legitimate purpose, but to cause him harm and embarrassment to Mr. Biden. Now, what uh, first of all the the agreement was when he left off that laptop if you didn't come and pick it up in a certain amount of time ownership of that material went over to the uh computer shop owner that was made clear when he dropped the laptop off secondly he so it was his property at that point he goes on to see what's in there and he realizes this is this is criminal So he hands it over to the FBI. But wisely, he made a copy of the hard drive because he didn't trust the FBI. Good choice. That being said, so the suit comes out. And um, basically they're saying, in layman's language, this is not right. This is Hunter Biden's laptop and he shouldn't have, it shouldn't have been violated. It could have been hacked. But this is his personal stuff, and it shouldn't have been disseminated. How dare he were suing him? But 
one of the footnotes in the countersuit says, this is not an admission by Mr. Biden that Mac Isaac, in fact, possessed any particular laptop containing electronically stored data belonging to Mr. Biden. <laughs> in other words, we're saying, we're suing you for releasing information that was ours, but it's not necessarily ours. It could have been somebody else's. It could have been hacked. Well, if it's not yours, what do you care? And I suppose that uh, all those videos were all photoshopped. Wow. Yeah, good luck with that. I mean, this is laughable. This is laughable. But the whole the whole administration is laughable. And and Cousin Eddie will get up and he will defend Hunter. Hunter's the brightest guy he knows. Smartest guy he knows. Good grief. So um, we're in the midst of NCAA basketball, as you well know. Interesting games. Princeton uh, winning. Furman winning. Uh, who was it? There was a team earlier today that almost uh, had a big upset, ended up losing at the last time. When you have 64 teams, I lose track. But um, one of the teams that was made it to the big dance, first time in a long time, Howard University. So imagine you've worked your tail off. You made it to the Division One basketball. I mean, you know, it's it's an emotional thing. It's a high on one day. Hey, we made it to the big dance, and you play a week later, and you're either in or you're not. Most, I mean, it happens once in a while. Remember, uh, UMBC was the number 16, and uh, they beat Virginia, who was the number one seed a couple of years back. Well, um, the number 16 seed this time was Howard University, and uh, they went up against the number one seed of Kansas. Well, guess who happened to be a graduate of Howard University? Uh, this is cut one, Clark. None other than Word Salad Kamala. So you make it to the Division One, you get out there on the court, and you lose. And you lose big. I mean, you lose real big. What could get more demoralizing? Well, if you're a member of this men's basketball team, more demoralizing would mean Vice President Kamala Harris <laughs> would come into the locker room and try to give you a pep talk. Here's the problem. I, I mean, you're you're a young men, grown men. I I'm mean, speaking. You, you, you haven't gotten into adulthood yet, but, I mean, you're practically there. You're on the eve of adulthood, and some of them have been around – you know, the, the, the COVID guys, they've been around for five years. And you have word salad Kamala coming in, speaking to the basketball team like they're a bunch of four-year-olds. Once again, Kamala. You played hard. You played to the very last second. You made all us bison so, so proud. You hustled out there. You are smart. You are disciplined. You put everything you had into the game. And you know, that's what it's about, right? Until the last minute, you guys did that. You didn't stop until the last second you did not stop. And that is so inspiring. So you keep playing with chin up and shoulders back. Because you showed the world who Bison are, right? I mean, you, literally what you have done is in historic proportion. 
You know, I was at Howard back in the day where we were just happy that there was a game. <laughs> Much less getting to this place, right? And I see bison literally all over the world. And we've been talking about you, this team, this team, you all, this team, this year, this team. You make us so proud. So I know you may not be feeling great right now, okay? But know who you are. You are excellence. You are hard work. You are powerful. And you are winners. All right? So please know that. And I'll see you later. You are excellent. You are winners. Kamala, you are full. No, I won't say that. Listen. (laughs) You are excellent. You are winners. You lost by 30 points. I, I, I'm sorry. She's she is just. I, what does she do next? Does she hand out and come over to my the, the first the second gentleman will will now hand out the cupcakes, the the post game treats. <laughs> I mean, she always sounds like she's talking to four year olds. Oh, it's a complicated relationship. Yeah, you and the rest of the world. The Daily Caller is reporting House Committee on Oversight Accountability Chairman Representative James Comer from Kentucky is requesting a transcribed interview with Biden family business associate Rob Walker. We talked about him yesterday. He is the guy that received a wire transfer from China, China Energy Company, for $3 million. Uh, then he ended up wiring it to Abu Dhabi, and then, he, then in turn he ended up giving a uh, million dollars to uh, Biden family members. Well, now um, he is being subpoenaed. The Committee on Oversight and Accountability is investigating President Biden's involvement and his family's business practices. The committee has identified you. This is what was sent to um, this Rob Walker. Identified you as a critical witness in these matters and has reviewed evidence showing you received millions of dollars originating from a Chinese energy company and elsewhere. The committee invites you to participate in a transcribed interview with the committee staff. Um, This will take place on, um, 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 well, he needs to respond by March the 24th to set up when it would take place. You know, it's going to be interesting. Uh, uh, Again, you know, they make it sound like it's pretty benign. You're invited. But... um, how far down the track do they need to get before they find that there has been something illegal? And once they find that out and they talk to people like Rob Walker, and now it would be a whole lot easier if we had a Justice Department that was actually doing its job. We don't. But once these people realize that they could be facing charges themselves, that they could be facing prison time. It will be interesting to find out whether or not they begin to sing like canaries. Whether And once that happens, uh, it's goodbye, Joe. Uh, you know what? Let's take a break. I've got some uh, education stuff I want to talk about. In fact, there's a... Uh New piece of legislation, House Bill 96, Representative Keith Kidwell is one of the primary sponsors. And uh, a good common sense piece of legislation that we need, it should never have left our public school system. It has, and uh, Keith is introducing this legislation that would bring back some common sense 
ideas and uh, academia into our public school system. We'll talk about that when we get back. While some stations always be rocking, these guys will always be talking. They're never myopic. They're always on topic. Like politics ripe for the mocking. Have you seen Patrick's Day? Now back to news and views with Tom Lamprecht and Benny Hardy. Ah, oh, happy St. Patty's Day. 1,562 years ago, St. Patrick died, went to be with the Lord. The, uh patron saint of Ireland, wasn't even born Irish. He was actually a kidnapped slave from Britain, became a Christian and took the gospel back to Ireland. You know, we sort of get mixed up in the leprechauns and the four-leaf clovers and the pots of gold, but uh, a uh, devout Christian. Jonathan Turl, oh yeah, well, weather. Do we want to take a look at the weather? Do we, do we what happened? A, yeah, uh, I'm getting a Joe Biden moment here. Uh, showers this evening becoming steady. Rain overnight, a low of 51. Chance of rain tonight, 90%. Tomorrow morning, early showers possible. Then partly cloudy skies in the afternoon. The high tomorrow of 57. Cool tomorrow night with partly cloudy skies, a low of 37. Sunday, a high of 51 with partly cloudy skies. So cool, but all in all, not too bad. Jonathan Turley recently wrote how public educators and unions were methodically killing public education. The best example comes this week from New York, where a school board committee, they've solved the problem. They have dismal math and reading scores for children in the system, but they have solved the problem. What do you do? (laughs) You lower the standards. No, I'm not kidding. This is not the first system to gut its standards rather than improve the quality of education. As teachers and unions object to school choice, they continue to make the case for private education all the more glowing. Parents are increasingly voting with their feet. The board is simply calling the lack of proficiency the new normal and changing the standards. Done. Finished. Hey, we fixed it. I mean, as Jonathan Turley writes, this is like shortening the 100-yard dash to 50 yards so that the kids who can't get over the line can make it. That's basically what they're doing. A scoring committee that reports to the Board of Regents said Monday that they must take into account the results of last year's tests for students in grades 3 through 8. Some schools posted shocking results in Schenectady. No 8th grader, no 8th grader who took the math test score was proficient. And the scores for third through eighth grade tests throughout the state were much lower in 2022 than in 2019, a result, no doubt, of the absence of learning in the classroom. This may seem insane to anyone with a proficiency in logic, but it's being shrugged off by many in New York. There's now acceptance that the public schools can not educate. Bingo. Uh, so that's uh, – and, and th- by the way, there's also a uh, end – uh, uh, well, a move to end standardized testing. Um, Turley writes of a mother in Baltimore who recently complained that her son was in the top half of his class despite failing all but three of his classes. The dumbing down of America. Um, is it? Uh, bec- oh, and by the way, there is now... Um, in New York, there's now a move to reduce um, 
school to four days a week. I'm not kidding. Here in North Carolina, North Carolina lawmakers, this is led by uh, Keith Kidwell, as I said before the break, are citing to um, the public lack of knowledge of civics and history. That is the reason for new legislation requiring students to pass those classes to get degrees from the U.N. system or community colleges. Now, we're not talking about, I mean, this ought to be in high school, right? I mean, it was. Now we're saying if you're going to graduate from college or a community college, you need to be able to pass this test. The State House Community Colleges Committee backed legislation Thursday requiring completion of at least three credit hours of instruction in American history or American government to get a bachelor's degree from the UNC system or an associate's degree from a community college. My only worry about this is if you have a woke professor, how is good, how will he pervert the truth? How will he misinterpret? How will he basically propagandize the woke ideology in a class which ought to be teaching the Constitution? Kidwell said, when I asked a young person at the polls one day what the Gettysburg Address was, he said, who's Mr. Gettysburg? I don't know him. (laughs) How am I supposed to know his address? I don't even know who Mr. Gettysburg is. I mean, you got to laugh or you cry. Come on. You Well, yeah, you make me cry, too. You ask people, who did we fight the War of Independence with? You get answers like Canada, Germany. They don't know. Similar legislation has been adopted in other states, including South Carolina. It's backed by conservative groups such as the American Council of Trustees and Alumni. The bill comes after state lawmakers passed legislation in 2019 that resulted in high school students taking one fewer U.S. history class. The State Board of Education had to drop one of two previously required U.S. history courses to fit a new personal finance course mandated by legislators. You know, I think, I mean, I'm just saying, I, I don't think it would be that hard to squeeze these in. I mean, with all the crap that we have going on in public schools. And listen, I know, don't, don't, don't email me, don't call me, don't text me. I, you know, I know there are good teachers out there in the public school systems, and I applaud you. It's a mission field. I applaud you. But with all the stuff that's going on in classes, we we couldn't fit these in. Under the NC REACH Act, college students seeking degrees would be required to take courses that would have them read the U.S. Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, the Emancipation uh, Emancipation Proclamation, at least five essays from the Federal's papers, as determined by the instructor, Martin Luther King Jr.'s letter from the Birmingham jail. Read the whole book. I mean, that's been put into a book now. Um, The Gettysburg Address. In addition to taking courses, students would need to take a final exam based on these documents. The new requirements would go into effect in the 23-24 school year. I think it's just, I think it's too much to put this bill in this bill, such a threat that if you don't offer it, you'll be fired, said Representative James Robertson, a Wake County Democrat. Uh, what you know? Would would it, would he be upset if it was something to do with uh, transgenderism, and we didn't put that in there? Kidwell said it was added because of how some things in other education laws have not been implemented. 
I'm a big fan of putting a little teeth in the law, said Kidwell, who added that his local community college president backs the bill. John Rustin, president of the North Carolina Family Policy Council, said it would be a good thing for college students to continue to follow up on the civics and history courses that they had taken in high school. Are they taking them in high school? I hope so. Anyway, good for you, Keith. Well done. A Speaking of education, a new bill in Arkansas would prohibit schools from forcing teachers to address students by preferred pronouns meaning pronouns that align with their gender identity instead of their biological sex. Under HB 1468, teachers would not be penalized for misgendering a student if they not use the proper pronouns that the student wants them to use. You cannot force a teacher or a state employee to use whatever somebody believes, thinks, or wants as a pronoun. Arkansas State Representative Marcus Richmond, a Republican, told uh, local news channel. He added that for students with language barriers, the concept of preferred pronouns could be confusing for them. Bingo. <laughs> I mean, this is just nonsense that you have someone who's an obvious male and they want to be called she. I mean, it's just total nonsense. And yet we we sit back and say, oh, we've got to be so compassionate. I mean, I, again, it wasn't that many decades ago. You'd take somebody like that and you'd say, you know, we, ha we have counseling for you. Please come with us. We have counseling for you. Maybe we can put you on some drugs that will get you to think straight. Jerry Cox, director of family counsel, told KAKE that he supports the bill because teachers and students do not surrender their First Amendment rights just because they walk through the doors of a school building. I would ask people that oppose the bill to consider the fact that tolerance is a two-way street said Representative Wayne Long. Uh, I think it would be a good policy for everyone to tolerate people that have a deeply held religious conviction regarding this matter. The, you know, that that's part of the problem. The toleration doesn't go both ways. You're intolerant if uh, you call a man by a uh, male pronoun. That's intolerance. But if you don't tolerate that person, it's perfectly acceptable because you're the victim. You're the snowflake. Carolina Journal's reporting Republicans moved a bill through the House Education Committee on March the 14th that would prohibit teaching of critical race theory in North Carolina public school classrooms. The GOP ran an identical bill in 2021, fell victim to a veto by uh, Governor Cooper. This bill does not change what history standards can and cannot be taught. It simply prohibits schools from endorsing discriminatory concepts, said the bill sponsor John Torbett of Gaston County. Democrats countered that the bill would have a chilling effect on the ability of teachers to share the truth about the American history of racism. That's the problem. The truth. Could we please have the truth? And listen, I don't, I don't mind... Uh, sharing the legitimate truth, the good, the bad, and the ugly. But when you bring in children, talk about racism, and say because of your white privilege you're a racist, that's way, way, way beyond the truth. House Bill 187, equality in education, would ban the teaching of 13 discriminatory concepts in the classroom, including that one race or sex is inherently superior to another race or sex. And listen, we have people saying that. 
an individual solely by virtue of his or her race or sex is inherently racist, sexist, or oppressive. An individual should be discriminated against or receive adverse treatment solely or partly because his or her race or sex. I mean, isn't it ironic that these things in the Jim Crow era was were, were there and they were wrong and they were terrible? And there's nothing wrong with going back and, and pointing how terrible these were when people were judged by the color of the skin and not the content of their character. But now... While, while we have individuals that would say, yeah, yeah, we need to teach that, but we also need to teach that, uh, teach that in reverse. In other words, we also need to apply that. And today, because some are a certain race, they're bad. They're evil. They're racist. Strictly because of the pigment of their skin. A meritocracy is inherently racist or sexist. In other words, if you achieve you're a racist. I've got a story here, believe it or not, uh, from earlier in the week. See if I can find it in the pile here. That, um, ah, where is it? That a, uh, yeah, here it is. TikTok story. The recent TikTok trend of showing off perfectly organized and style home pantries is rooted in a history of classic racist and sexist social structures, according to a Chicago professor. (laughs) You're saying, Tom, this doesn't exist. Here's exhibit A. If you've got an organized kitchen, well, obviously, that's that's somehow white superiority. you're, You're a racist. This, I mean, they're coming out and saying, if you've got an organized pantry, you're a racist. So what are they saying here? I'm sorry, you got to invert what they're saying here and ask yourself, so are you saying that white people have organized pantries and non-whites, African-Americans are slobs? You got to ask you what, what what is the bottom line here, and who's the racist? I mean, why do these people make these statements? You don't think that that black men and women have nice pantries, that they don't take the time to organize their kitchen? <laughs> cleanliness cleanliness has historically been used as a cultural gatekeeping mechanism to reinforce status distinctions based on a vague understanding of niceness. Nice people with nice yards and nice houses make for nice neighborhoods. This uh, Professor Drenton writes, What lies beneath the surface of this anti-messiness, pro-niceness stance is a history of classic racist and sexist social structures. I'm not making this up. <laughs> Go look it up on Fox News. Headline, the recent TikTok trend showing off perfectly organized and styled home pantries is rooted in a history of classic racist and sexist social structures, according to one Chicago professor. Loyal University Associate Professor of Marketing, Jenna Drenton. Can't make it up. <laughs> uh, I mean, we're, we're living in la-la land. We're living with a uh, bunch of people that are Fruit Loops. 
the land of fruit and nuts, California, has come to the rest of America. And we're supposed to sit back and applaud it and say how wonderful it is. It's asinine. By the way, another positive in education. Last one, we got to go to break. A bill that won approval by the House Education Committee on March the 14th would give North Carolina public school districts more leeway in creating disciplinary policies in the classrooms. House Bill 187, Standards of Student Conduct, would direct school districts to use best practices to develop and enforce discipline policies that do not discriminate against students on the basis of race, ethnicity, national origin, gender, or disability. Under current statutory law, a series of non-serious violations for school conduct include the use of inappropriate or disrespectful language, non-compliance with a staff directive, dress code violations, and minor physical altercations that do not involve weaponry. HB 187 strikes that language and leaves the determination of what, uh, what conduct constitutes a major or minor offense up to school principals. In other words, we can now reintroduce common sense. HB 187 also encourages school officials to use in-school suspensions over punishment that removes the student from the school building. You know, I would say, uh, you know, anything that would actually help the teachers and the administration with discipline, I'm, I'm for. But I, I, I've said this for a long time, and, and I know people say, well, you know, that, that's not fair to, to certain students. But listen, education, while the school, the, the, the state has an obligation to, to educate the kids, you know, in, in the past, I remember when I was running for the um, state senate, you know, there was, a, I can't, I wish I could remember the name of it. There was, there was a school, and I went and visited the school. But it was for troubled kids that couldn't be disciplined in school, and the state paid for this. It was uh, sort of like a military boot camp where they had classes, but they also had uh, things that would discipline the kids. Uh, We need to – I don't know if those have been done away with or if they're still around, but we need to reintroduce those kind of things. And, uh, And, again, we need to bring back trade schools. I mean, one of the reasons why kids are have discipline issues is because they're not interested in certain things that the schools are teaching them. So take them to it. And, and unfortunately, the community colleges have now replaced what used to be the trade schools. But for the kids that get they get bored, and so they start cutting up and they start, and they're not paying attention to the history classes. Teach them a trade. Let, let them get excited about using their hands. I mean, that's just common sense. But uh, common sense seems to be a commodity that has uh, disappeared. Hey, stay with us. We'll be right back. From wars to disasters, they're quite the broadcasters. And we love when you call in to schmooze. (laughs) Happy St. Patrick's Day. Every day we love to share our passion for news, our lovable affection for information, and our deep infatuation with conversation. With Tom Lamprecht and Benny Hardy on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in. The husband of Pothole Pete, Jason... Buttigieg. Does he pronounce it Chastain or Chastain? 
Chastain sounds more appropriate, but uh, it's not exactly spelled that way. Uh, he was on The View. Pete's husband was on The View. And uh, he said it's a dangerous time as Republican governors ban pornographic books from school libraries and transgender procedures for minors. It's a dangerous time because of that. Because the Republicans <laughs> are banning those procedures and those books, it's dangerous. Uh, the husband of Pothole Pete was referring to the bans on drag shows, books in school libraries, the Florida Parental Rights and Education Bill, similar bill that uh, and, and not exactly the same, but just basically giving parents the final say-so and the final authority over their children. That, according to Pothole Pete's husband, is dangerous. Here he is in The View, cut two. Politicians across the country are trying to restrict gay and trans rights. Yeah. Um, everything from Florida's so-called "Don't Say Gay" bill to banning drag shows is like a war against transgender people. It's disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the way they're treating these people who are harmless, really. Um, how dangerous a time do you think this is? And is it worse than ever before? I think it's an extremely dangerous time, mm -hmm. and it's a really upsetting time mm -hmm. because. Nothing could be more important than showing up and protecting our families, but the yeah. way in which they say they're showing up for our families, mm -hmm. this conversation about giving parents more choice, mm -hmm. uh, protecting children, they, what they've really done is, is, and they've done quite a good job, it's, it's been a very well-coordinated and well-funded mm -hmm. effort to attack the LGBTQ community, mm -hmm. specifically with the book bans. Yeah. Uh, when yeah. you look at what, what many of these things have in common, they're extremely vulnerable children. Mm -hmm. And so you have groups of politicians who are making calculated choices, mm -hmm. maybe because they're losing some policy arguments, uh, to go after extremely vulnerable kids, especially trans kids. Yeah. It's hard enough being in school as it is, but to yeah. be a transgender kid in school and you have this coordinated effort by people who are, who are going after them because they don't know what else to talk about. They need an enemy and right now oh, yes. they have decided to make children That's right. their enemy. The folks that they're going after, women, you know, they talk about how supportive they are of families, and then they don't they don't look at the children after they're born. They yeah, say, oh, right. we're going to speak for them, but they don't speak for them yeah. after they're here. This is unbelievable. This is this is so uh, over the top. Who is attacking the kids? Who is attacking the kids? Who is wanting to cut off their genitalia as minors? To remove girls' breasts as minors? to give them chemicals. I mean, they want to give chemicals to young boys that essentially castrate them. And these people have the chutzpah to say that these governors and parents that want to protect their kids are attacking them? That they see the children as the enemy? <laughs> this, is, this is over the top and beyond the pale. And, and whoopee, come on. I mean, they don't take care of the kids after they're born. Uh, first of all, that's not true. Pro-lifers around the country, pro-life centers around the country. It's not only saving the child, but it's providing for the child. Clothes, furniture, diapers, money, housing. And what's your solution, whoopee? So you're upset because... Conservatives, Christians, want to stop abortion. 
But your complaint is, well, you don't take care of them after they're born. So what's your solution? Your solution is the same as the Nazis, the final solution. Let's kill them. That's a great solution, Whoopi. Enjoy Behar. These drag queens, they're not really doing anything to harm anybody. You want a 200-pound, 6-foot-2 man dressed up as a woman hanging around your four-year-old, and you think that's fine? You don't think that's going to give them a warped idea of life? And, I mean, we're not talking about something comical. We're talking about people that are dead serious. We're talking about people that not not only story time, but what's the story they're reading? Oh, yeah, you know, if you don't think you're a little boy, maybe you're not. You know, this is a dangerous time because responsible adults want to make sure that minors don't have their genitals cut off. And and therefore, Cheston Buttigieg says it's a dangerous time. These books are being removed. The fact that they're even available in school libraries, available to minors. These are pornographic books. The, the fact that the books are there are breaking the law. And they're saying it's dangerous times because people want to go in and remove those books from the public library. I mean, they would equate it to a Nazi book burning episode. Governor DeSantis recently read excerpts of an explicit book available in the public school libraries. I mean, this is right out of the book. I'm sorry if this is offensive. One of the books called Gender Queer included a girl masturbating and performing oral sex on another girl and equated the removal of a woman's breast to getting a tattoo. In another book called Flamer, it's the story of a, go- a gay boy that experiences several sexual interactions. And this is what uh, kids can read at their public at some public school libraries. Drag show events intended for or allowing children to have become prominent in public school libraries, public areas throughout the United States, some which are sexually explicit. Drag queen story hours, an event for children, captures the imagination and play of the gender fluidity of childhood and gives kids glamorous, positive, and unabashed queer role models, its website says. This is grooming of children for the pleasure of the perverted. Representative, uh, I'm sorry, Republican Tennessee Governor Bill Lee signed legislation in law a week ago today banning all drag shows for children. DeSantis sued a Miami bar called Our House for hosting a drag show in front of minors. Uh, Republican State Representative Brian Slayton and Florida Representative Anthony Sabati have proposed bans on their uh, in their respective states. Many states, including South Dakota, have banned child sex changes, puberty blockers, and cross-sex uh, hormone procedures for minors, have granted patients negatively harmed by the procedure to seek civil damages. Studies show that 94% of children identifying as transgender grow out of their identity, which advocates uh, the claim is flawed, according to uh, KHN. And, and now we have many stories of detransitioners, um, basically accusing the medical professionals of approving their irreversible procedures why am i without uh, long term proper consultation why why would we go there why would we go there we don't let the minors get tattoos and yet we're going to 
have them I mean, without their parents' permission. And yet these people want to take their rights away from the parents and have a school counselor or some other pervert talk them into having their genitalia removed. And, and listen, this is not over the top. I mean, you just heard these guys proposing this and saying anybody that would fight it is wrong. we got to take a timeout. We'll be right back. Back to News and Views. Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in. Um, hey, how about this? Uh, Canada has their own version of Elizabeth Warren, the Indian princess. The president of Memorial University of Newfoundland went on paid leave after she became up in a uh, scandal surrounding her claims of her indigenous heritage. I'm speaking. President uh, Vianne Timmons has now got six weeks paid leave, which she says is temporary, so that they can sort out the misunderstanding that she was saying that she was American Indian. Yeah, you can't make this up. Six weeks pay, I believe. That's a nice uh, a nice vacation. Um, she says, while I do not claim an indigenous identity, questions about my intentions in identifying my indigenous ancestry and whether I have benefited from sharing my understanding of my family's history have sparked important conversations and beyond on our camp. Blah, 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 blah. I mean, she lies like uh, Elizabeth Warren and she talks like Kamala Harris. You can't make it up. Uh, we live in a crazy world. Hey, thanks for being with us. Have a great weekend. Uh, rain comes tonight. Uh, sun will come out tomorrow afternoon, and we will be back on Monday. See you then. Bye-bye, everybody.